Hi, I'm Dee Dee Bass Wilbon. And I'm Dina Bass Williams. And we are the Bass Sisters. And this is Policy and Poundcake. This, today, we have a really great conversation coming up. Yes, Reverend Wendy Hamilton, um, one of my former colleagues when I was on the Hill, um, worked on the Hill, mm-hmm. known for almost 20 years. We're going to be talking about the leaked uh, papers, um, the, the leaked opinion, opinion draft opinion uh, regarding Roe versus Wade. And that has been a very heated and passionate discussion among a lot of people. Yes. Right? It has been. And um, I think that the conversation that we're going to have today, I think it's needed. And I'm glad and I'm excited about it because we should be able to have these conversations with people that we disagree with. Right. right. And you and I do try to model civil discourse. Sometimes it works. Most times it works. Sometimes it doesn't. We're excited to have this conversation with Wendy. Um, so stick around. We are here with Reverend Wendy Hamilton. And Wendy and I go back actually 20 years now from our Is day. It? It, yeah, I celebrated my 20 year anniversary in D.C. on April 15th. So okay. it has been 20 years um, when I was on the House side and you were on the Senate side. We were, we were young staffers way back when. And and now look at you. You're running for Congress. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's excellent to see you. And hello. That's your sister, I believe. Hello. Yes, nice to see you. <laughs> yeah. But here I am 20 years later and I am running for D.C. delegate to the United States House of Representatives in 2022. So I am running to give D.C. options because I believe that those are important. I believe our democracy calls for that. But I'm also running because I believe in the future of this city. Um, Despite what other people might say about it being a swamp and all of that, it has its swampy parts. But I'd like to say the swamp is Washington. It's on the other side of Pennsylvania. I'm running for the district, which is is across Pennsylvania that's got 690,000 residents who are just trying to live and survive and thrive like everybody else. And um, don't keep lumping us in with what's going on on the other side of the city because that's that's them and we're us and that's who I'm running to represent. Excellent. Awesome. Well, listen, Wendy, the reason I reached out to you was because um, the other day when the decision or the draft of the of Roe v. Wade, the opinion was leaked, I was watching the news and then who did I see on the news? But my <laughs> girlfriend, Wendy, out there. And um, as I told you, you know, Dee Dee and I are strongly pro-life, but we certainly sure. believe in civil discourse and understanding other people's opinion. So we wanted just to talk to you because I know that you are a woman of, of faith and, and you and I have worked together on so many issues. And I just we just wanted to hear from you. Like why so for those of you who don't know, Didi and I are adamantly pro-life. Right. Why or why were you on the um, outrage and on the other side yesterday? Well let me say that I you know I respect everyone's opinion. And I think that if we can't sit down and talk to each other, we, we're not going to make any progress one way or the other. So I appreciated you inviting me to come on and to talk because I think that this is important setting example that we can have these conversations. We can disagree without being disagreeable. Right. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, for me, um, yes, I am pro-choice. And that's what prompted me the other night. But even more so than that, as I just said, I'm running for D.C. delegate. And so the possibility of the um, Roe versus Wade being overturned would have a, 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 a more immediate impact on D.C. because we're not a state. You know, I'm, I'm fighting for D.C. statehood and we're not a state right now. So whatever happens at the federal government level impacts us. We don't have anything to brunt that per se. So whether it's Roe versus Wade, whether it's um, turning back, um, you know, interracial marriage, you know, marriage equality, any of those things for me, what really got me up off my couch and in front of the Supreme Court (laughs) was this notion that y'all ain't about to tell us what to do and we're not going to have any recourse and anything, you know, to say back. And so, so I, you know, while I am certainly, you know, in support of women's rights, that's, you know, 
my position on it. And as a woman of faith, I tend to approach it from a more social justice aspect um, in terms of just women having that autonomy and, and having the um, the agency within them, the, the kingdom of God, I concern, you know, consider it within them to make decisions, you know, for themselves. I work in a, in a public school here in DC, in a middle school. And I've, you know, had to work with, uh, I've got a student now who we've been um, really concerned about getting caught up in uh, uh, human trafficking. And, you know, I would hate for her to find herself in a situation um, where she had to make a decision. I don't think there's any woman that ever wants to have to face making a decision about having to um, to end her pregnancy. But there are so many varying um, scenarios where that, that can happen. I'm okay if they, um, you know, make that decision from a, a place of wisdom, a place of counsel, and a place of medical advice. But again, more so for me, the reason why I got up and I was out there at the Supreme Court and going back and forth is because as far as D.C. is concerned, I just get tired of the federal government trying to dictate to us in D.C. how we live our lives or how we spend our monies. You know, after everyone else you know, puts in their dibs for the federal budget, D.C. gets the crumbs. We get the leftovers. You know? now, I, I didn't realize that. I do, we have been hearing that it's, it'll be kicked back to the states. Mm -hmm. But right. in the case of D.C., it won't be kicked back. The decision right. is made. Right. So like, for instance, when the announcement came out the other night, California, uh, you know, automatically moved their state legislature said, OK, well, it, it's not going to matter for us. We're going to codify, you know, Roe in, in their version of it in California. So they'll still, you know, abortion will still remain legal. But whereas in other states, perhaps more conservative states, if it's overturned and they ban it, say, in Alabama and say a young lady finds herself in a position of, you know, needing to or wanting to have an abortion or a woman that she she would have to travel to like. Illinois or California, you know, in order to have that service provided. And so, but DC, if we get a Republican Congress, they can ban, you know, abortion in DC outright and we don't have any recourse. And so for me, it's just emblematic of the lack of statehood. Okay. okay. And Reverend Hamilton, it is very wonderful to have you. And it's so nice to finally meet you because my sister said some wonderful things about you. I Thank just want to- I paid her. I paid her. So <laughs> I just wanted to ask, I understand about DC statehood and everything. But when you're talking about women or, or people having a choice and making a choice, mm -hmm. when do you believe, when does life begin? When, because to, for me, and, and like Gina said, we are Bible believing Christians. Um, mm -hmm. When do you believe that life actually begins in a woman's womb? Well, I believe the spirit of life begins at conception, you know, just in terms of thinking about the idea of the possibility of life being formed. And so from a spiritual perspective, but from a physical perspective, I don't believe that life starts until there's actually, you know, a heartbeat. And so again, it's, it's, it really is a tough decision. I don't, I don't wish it on any woman, uh, but what I, you know, I don't wish it on any family because it's not, let me, let's be clear. It's not just women sometimes that are involved in these decisions. You know, the fathers of these children sometimes are brought in because Absolutely. it's a family issue. And if it's, if it's threatening the life of that mother, the father has to make a decision like, you know, sir, this is what we're faced with here. And what would you like to do? And so mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a, a little bit more nuanced than simply just women having, you know, a choice in, in the matter. I'm just thinking of it from a, a, a perspective of being placed in a, in an untenable situation, but being able to have as many options available to you as possible. So that for me is, is an answer. And if we, if we say that life begins when there's a heartbeat, mm -hmm. then if, if that is life, then the physical life, mm -hmm. that physical life, if that, right. if that, if there's physical life at the heartbeat, mm -hmm. then we're ending a life. 
Well, you're, you you're either, right? But are you ending a life or are you choosing your own life? You know what I'm saying? I think but what, that, that's but what, what about I'm situations about. like I, what about situations when there is no we're let's take all of the extremes off the table. You know, 11 year old child raped by her father, a woman who is in her mm -hmm. 40s but has to choose between her life or the life of her unborn child. Let's take all of those things off the because table. Those are some of those those are rare situations. So let's talk about a healthy but situations. But there, yeah. So, but but even if like if we're talking about compromise, like we don't. I'm gonna be honest with you. We don't want to give on any of it, right? But if I we, but if we okay. can save, but if we can save any life, let's say we give we we the the adamant pro-lifers give you 11 year old raped by her father, um, 40 year old who's gonna lose her life if she bears the child. If we give you that, would the would the adamant pro-life, I mean pro-choice movement, give us 15 weeks, seven mm -hmm. months? Six months, mm -hmm. like so. So where where will the pro-choice movement, the pro-choicers, the abortionists say that okay, at six months you can't abort mm -hmm. this child? Well, I'm not going to speak on behalf of all pro-choicers. <laughs> I can only speak for me. So let me be clear because you you'll probably get a variety of answers on that. And I want right. to say this in as delicate a way that I say, um, and this from my from my standpoint, it's not so much about the baby as it is about the choice of what to do with, with the pregnancy. You understand what I'm saying? So it's not that. So, so I hear what you're saying about, mm -hmm. you know, if we give you the, the extreme situations and, you know, will you give us this? That's, that's the whole issue about it. I don't think it's anyone's to give other than the person who is actually facing the choice that needs to be made in that instance. And so that's okay. where, that's where for for you know most folks is the rub. It's it's like it's without having any information, without understanding a nuance, without knowing why the woman finds themselves, why a family finds themselves in the the you know the desperate situation, the tragic situation of even having to consider this as an option. Mm -hmm. We don't not having all of the information are not in a position to impose what we think they should do in that given instance, because we don't have all the information. We're not them. We're all one, you know, tragic, you know, decision away from being faced to making a choice that we never thought we would ever have to make. And so I just right. try for me, I just try to have a little bit of grace and say, listen, I don't know why you're in this position and, and making that particular decision or having to make it. But it's not about me. It's not about where I believe or what I believe about it. I'm just here to support you and what you believe um, is the best choice for you in this moment and given this particular setting or situation. But who's going to speak for that baby who does have a heartbeat, that baby who who is living and breathing and is able to live outside that mother's womb to possibly one day have a baby of his or her own. Who's going to speak for that, for the, for that baby. Right. And again, if, if, if it's a baby, if it's yours or, or yours, Dina, I, I don't feel like it is my place in particular because I don't know your given situation. I don't know mm -hmm. what's put you there. So I don't, I don't necessarily think that um, it's, contingent upon me to make a judgment one way or the other about the decision that you are making, regardless okay. of how I might feel about it. I don't think that that is my role to do because I don't have all the information and I haven't been, you know, where right. you are. I don't know what the doctor has told you, you know, about yeah. your situation. So I don't think that it's my role to, to, to intervene in that. And I know you, you're pressed for time. We have one last question for you okay. about that. So sure. um, we under, I, I, I'm hearing your point. I'm hearing where you're coming from. But what if um, 
if so we do believe that it's life and what if uh we had americans who and we did have americans who said i don't support slavery but it's not my place to to impose on the the decisions of, <laughs> of the autonomy of real people christians who think that it's okay to own people right now so mm -hmm. i'm if, what if the abolitionist movement hadn't existed because it's like well dude i mean they are adults and they should be able to determine for themselves if in fact they should own these people but what it was for me is then taking your your um concerns about a, a, an unjust system to the people who can change the system not to the people who are are being you know, subjected to the system. You, you see what I'm saying? So for those who, you know, didn't think that, well, I don't want to impose, you know, on these folks who are condoning slavery because they're adults and they can make their own decisions. But you know what? That's not for me to do. But what I can do is I can, I can take my outrage, I can take my concern to the systems that are maintaining this and I can express it there. And I think that's well, what you're seeing happen on, on Capitol Hill. And take it to the states. Exactly. But and, I know that's where we go. And now we'll be able to take it to the states, except for DC. But everyone else, the states exactly. will be able to decide. Okay. Well, well I'm we talking about DC. And that's that's what <laughs> got me up on my I mean, I love all the other states too, but I'm trying to represent well, DC. I gotta stand DC. up for my people. And so that's that's what got me up off my couch because like I said, whether it's Roe v. Wade, interracial marriage, or no taco Tuesdays, I need y'all to stop <laughs> telling DC. <laughs> what to do and let us you know make our decisions for ourselves we are we are taxed without representation we pay more taxes federal taxes per capita than 33 states we have more population than wyoming and vermont and yet we have no no representation so that's going to be you know my clarion call this entire a round table about dc statehood we're we going to do that in we the do. in the coming we'll have you on yeah we'll have you on and we'll we definitely on. want to keep talking to you because we of firmly course. believe that dd and i are you know far right conservatives, we don't even pretend, but we right. firmly believe that it is important for us to have civil discussions about yes, these issues. Exactly. And, when and, the, I, and we appreciate you for coming on and saying that in the beginning, that it is very important. Even though we disagree, we can still disagree and have these conversations. Absolutely. And the only way that we can actually demonstrate that is by doing what, what you and I, what we all just did. It, it, to show me, it, it is probably once. I mean, it's, I know it's a sensitive issue. I know it's a heated issue. I know, you know, it, it, it can get people, you know, very riled up. And I get that. But, you know, once once we get beyond the emotional piece, let's sit down and have a dialogue and see. And maybe we'll never meet in the middle, but we certainly won't if we're screaming at each other. So right. absolutely. 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 Well, thank you so much, Wendy. We will be talking yeah. to you soon. Sounds good. You guys have a great rest of your afternoon. Okay. That was a great conversation, and I'm so excited that we had it with Reverend Wendy Hamilton because, like she said, we should be able to have these conversations with people and and not screaming and yelling and and being nasty right. to each other, and being we, respectful right. of each other's views. Right, and we really do want to understand. We disagree with Wendy. At the end of the day, we disagree with and Wendy. And she disagrees with us. And she disagrees with us. But we, but for us to be afraid to talk to people who are whose opinions are or unwilling to talk to, talk to, to people. people or shutting people out or turning people or canceling people—that's people, nonsense. We've got to be able. And this in America, people say you shouldn't talk about race, um, politics, and religion. If really? we didn't talk about race, politics, and religion, we would be. <laughs> we would have anything to say. We'd be, be silent like forever. Silent. But we teach our kids. You teach your niece and nephews. I teach my kids. You have to allow other people to express their opinions and you have to be respectful of their opinions 
even if you disagree with them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that is what happened just now. And right. I appreciate that. Yeah, because I, I totally disagree with Wendy because I believe it's life. I know you believe it's life. So mm -hmm. let's talk about that. What where do you um so if if it is in fact life, then we feel like you shouldn't have a right to end it, whether it's you know and you ninety say year old life, it. ninety years or you know, nine months. Dina says ended. People say abort. To me, if it's life, if there is a heartbeat um, and you kill it, you're killing it. And if that heart is no longer beating, you killed life. Right. And so the question now is we obviously have to wait until the the official opinion is rendered mm -hmm. we're excited about that as it as we understand it it will be tossed back to the states we're excited about having the states have a um a say in it but mm -hmm. the bottom line is we we're we're gonna wait but we're gonna wait and pray because we believe that life is life life is life well, that's it for our show today. We thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you continue to tune in and share, like, and follow us on Policy and Pound Cake. Also, don't forget our ebook is on sale right now for only $3. Only it's $3. You can still get the paperback for those of you who like the paperbacks or holding a physical book. That's yes. You can buy that on Amazon as well. But the ebook is just $3. Just $3. And it's Mother's Day coming up, so it will be a great gift for your mother. So definitely do that. But stay tuned again. Like, share, follow. And we will see you next time. In case you missed them, you can listen to archived episodes of Policy and Pound Cake 